Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. And welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. All month long, we're going in depth on all things COVID-19, sharing what we've learned one year after this terrible pandemic arrived in Arizona. Today is a very special episode of the show, as we hear stories of the frontline healthcare heroes who have been battling this disease and working tirelessly to save lives. Our first guest is Dr. Mark McElwee, a district medical group, internal medicine hospitalist at Valleywise Health Medical Center. Dr. McElwee, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I thought I would start by asking uh, just a couple of questions about your experiences within the Valleywise Health Medical Center caring for such a challenging group of patients. What has this past year been like for you? So obviously uh, stressful, I think, is part of the wellness approach. But um, if you look at Maslow's sort of hierarchy, part of that hierarchy when you get to psychology, uh, the psychology portion is a purpose in what you do. And it's definitely uh, refined what I feel as purpose and caring for patients and, and actually what I think of my prior experiences that have led me to be able to do that here uh, and so I would say challenging, uh, scary at times, uh, galvanized the purpose in medicine, um, and appreciative of the team that we have uh, around us caring for patients. What's it been like to be in the hospital when we have so many patients and so many critically ill and sick patients? I think in general, um, you know, the hospital is largely filled with sick patients during the best of times. But the COVID epidemic has taken that, or a pandemic has taken the acuity of those patients to a, a level I don't think anybody could have ever anticipated. Uh, meaning, you know, at any given time, patients are sick that are in the hospital, but most of them do not receive ICU level care. And you would say, by and large, the patients that are admitted with COVID are sick enough that at any other time in history, they probably would have been cared for in an intensive care unit. You know, we reflect back on, you know, treating and seeing this disease and seeing our knowledge of this disease uh, evolve um, over the entire course uh, of the last year. When did you first realize that we were COVID-19 was going to have a significant impact on our ability to deliver healthcare and the ability for us to treat these patients? I think we, we became aware uh, in March that um, just seeing what was happening in New York, that eventually it would spread you know, to Arizona and that uh, you know, it would tax the system. Uh, I think that's when we first became aware of it and fortunately uh, had already had the opportunity to start to develop a response to that. Uh, and then we were given a reprieve really for probably six to maybe eight weeks before our numbers markedly increased and began to tax the system. So probably March, which is when we started to organize our sixth medicine team as the COVID response team. 
What's it been like to work on that team and be part of having to create something so new and on the fly? You know, it's obviously a challenge, but uh, at the same time, rewarding. I think to be able to look at how the institution responded by developing the IDUs that would cohort the patients. In my experience abroad, working predominantly with cholera patients in Haiti and in Africa, helped me, you know, appreciate it's really identification, you know, isolation and cohorting patients and then treating and then how you don and off to protect your staff and caring for them and setting up protocols. And so seeing that, you know, I would have never thought we would ever be at a point in North America, certainly in an American hospital in an urban environment, that we would be in that situation. But seeing the robustness of both ValleyWise and DMG and how they uh, approached the early identification, cohorting patients, setting up protocols, the way staff, you know, and by and large, our nursing staff and respiratory therapy staff, and then on team six, a predominantly mid-level physician assistant and nurse practitioner response to uh, managing those patients really when there's a lot of uncertainty about what would be effective treatments and the overall risk to the provider. And so part of it was, you know, fear. Part of it was, again, finding purpose. And part of it is just being impressed by how two separate systems, DMG and ValleyWise, could come together um, bring staff together, even the people that spotted us putting on our gear, taking our gear off and making sure that we were as safe as possible before entering rooms. And when we left rooms, just that response was encouraging. You know, it's a, sort of awe-inspiring, if you will, to some degree. We're currently visiting with Dr. Mark McElwee from ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group about the impact of caring for COVID-19 disease positive patients at the ValleyWise Health Medical Center. Dr. McElwee, were you worried at all about contracting the virus as we were caring for these patients? Yes. I mean, I would be lying if I said, you know, I didn't have level of fear in taking care of patients and just exposure. I also know just from prior experiences that you take the precautions that you can and you're by and large protected if you're diligent about taking those precautions. What has been the most challenging part of the COVID-19 pandemic for you personally, as well as in care of uh, the patients? Um, I I think as a physician, you try to alleviate suffering and you try to cure, retreat to cure. Uh, One of the challenges with COVID is we just don't have an effective cure and our treatments are limited. Uh, whether it be, you know, steroids for the ARDS picture, remdesivir as an antiviral, neutralizing antibodies early on in the course of infection or the anti-IL-6 uh, monoclonal antibodies. None of them have been a panacea, uh, nothing that would be equivalent to giving penicillin to somebody with strep throat. And so the challenge is having a, a toolbox of medicines that are limited efficacy. And that I would say is, you know, is a challenge uh, personally. And then uh, the other is just the overwhelming illness. You know, I'm a fairly, I think, a good internist and pediatrician and have had some experience in critical care, both in the United States and abroad. But the, I wouldn't say helpless feeling, 
but watching people progress from room air to two liters to a bubbler to heated high flow you know, with a non-rebreather and eventually to non-invasive you know, positive pressure ventilation and intubation, and then all of the complications that occur with that and not being able to do anything to mitigate that progression for some. You know, and then there's others that get sick, but sort of plateau and then recover. And that part is a challenge as a physician. Certainly, you know, I've done more death certificates in the last 10 months than I probably had in the prior 10 years, and possibly even the first 25 years of my practice, which is humbling by itself. How do you think that this is going to impact us uh, within the world? Um, I think just looking at the way we've started to have social bubbles, bubbles, if you will, social distancing masks, um, have transitioned to a largely uh, teleconference for a lot of meetings. Uh, we are giant or more giant sense of community has really narrowed down on the positive side, right? You see closer friends and families and time spent together. But on a negative standpoint, what we're used to from Americans is a bit more liberty and freedom in our travels and our ability to, you know, attend church or go shopping or go to the mall or to travel to another country for vacation or, you know, volunteer or whatever. And that, you know, is obviously going to be attenuated and probably will never go back to the norm that we knew prior to all this occurring. What do you take away as the most inspiring moment that you have witnessed during this pandemic? Okay, there's a ton of inspiring moments, but I think I can think of a couple teams, if you will, that have really inspired me. Uh, one would be just the Team Six, which is a, a group of mid-level providers, PAs and nurse practitioners that were originally going to be a team that took care of relatively uh, straightforward medical cases like cellulitis or, you know, community-acquired pneumonia and uh, leave the teaching teams to be able to get patients uh, that were a little more complex to help with their education. And the way that team changed from the desire to take care of relatively straightforward patients to becoming the team that absorbed the bulk of the COVID patients early on and that they all bought into the team they bought into reviewing the literature, bought into setting up algorithms for treatment and protocols. Even though it was outside their skill set, they rose to a level to try to improve the quality of care and really added a risk to themselves, which is pretty inspiring. And then our respiratory therapists, you know, the same, the creativity that they demonstrated in trying to utilize equipment to provide oxygen on the fly, you know, um, being creative with different modalities for delivery of oxygen and really taking on the risk of when things were, when there was aerosolized procedures or intubating patients, you know, we have some very seasoned respiratory therapists and we have some really new ones and it had to be, yeah, well, I know it not just had to be, it was intimidating and scary for them and yet they rose to the occasion to provide care uh, very professionally and so i think those would be it's not just a single event it's really the folks coming together galvanized without egos all heading in the direction of uh, trying to address patient care in an ideal manner truly a singular purpose yeah the unity of it and solidarity i think uh, is impressive and it doesn't always exist you know in in hospital settings we can have uh, not trying to be <laughs> rude or whatever but you know medicine can be permeated with a fair amount of egos based on just having some very bright people working and yet egos by and large got checked at the door and people were galvanized in their focus and patient care 
And that was really, to me, that was really inspiring. For the latest information about COVID-19, please visit cdc.gov or your local public health website. Valleywisehealth.org also offers a significant amount of information about this disease. Dr. McElwee, what do you want people to learn from this? I think what this partly has taught us is that as our social circles have decreased in size, the intimacy of relationships have increased, and that that uh, is so important from just a life standpoint. I think that to not lose sight of how important relationships and intimacy are to us uh, to thrive uh, as individuals. And then the patience, you know, it's been 10 months, 11 months that we've actually had to mount a response to this. And, you know, realistically, when you look at uh, epidemics, right, epidemics oftentimes go to endemics, but the infection never truly goes away. It has periods where it waxes and wanes and it's there's low levels inside of an environment. And that for this pandemic, you know, our hope would be to move down right to epidemic and then endemic where it just takes time to develop that herd immunity and to get people immunized and folks that had native infection, uh, that we would just be patient in our response to um, the treatment and to the change in the way we live our lives and embrace the portions of it that have been demonstrated to be high value, right? Our close family relationships and family friends and spending time with our you know, for smaller social bubbles and to really embrace that part of it. Dr. Mark McElwee, hospital medicine physician from District Medical Group practicing at Valley Wise Health. Thank you for your time today and for everything you've done to keep us safe uh, for this year and for this ongoing challenges we have as we transverse through the pandemic. It's now my pleasure to introduce our next guest. I'm joined this morning by Regina Villa, who is an ICU nurse manager at Valleywise Health and cares directly for COVID-19 disease patients, as well as manages a team providing bedside care to all of those affected by the pandemic admitted to our medical center. Regina, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Dr. White. Thank you for having me. Regina, tell us a little bit about how the pandemic has impacted you and your fellow nurses from both a mental and emotional standpoint, but any other standpoint that you feel would be uh, important for us to understand. So, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has been quite the disaster for all of us nurses that are working the bedside, all staff that work at the bedside directly with all patients definitely mentally and emotionally draining for several reasons. First of all, we dealt with a type of contagious virus that we knew nothing about, and we were all learning together in a very difficult situation. Of course, at first, we were so afraid of the virus, not knowing really how contagious it was, how deadly it could be and has been, which we're realizing and um, the effect that it t- just takes on everything in general in the function of a hospital. You know, we're using every single resource we possibly could get our hands on when it comes to allocating staff, equipment, supplies. So for a bedside nurse that really is coming to work 12-hour shifts to take care of patients, it is emotionally draining because a lot of the times – 
they just don't get better. And despite all the treatments that are being done, you really don't see the outcome that we normally see with our sick patients. You know, a nurse and the providers and the whole team work nonstop to save a life. And that life usually gets saved because we're really, really good at what we do. And COVID is such a different battle and such a different beast that we are still learning how to beat it and how to save lives with the treatments that we're learning to do. And so emotionally for a lot of the nurses, they just see so much death and sadness and uh, a new way of dealing and comforting families. It's we don't, We're not able to stand next to them and hold their hand and hug them and help them off the floor you know, as they're crying for their family members, we just don't have that connection in addition to feeling defeated by the disease and watching our patients just pass away constantly. How are you and your team working through those challenges? How are you being supported for all of these emotional challenges that we've seen through the pandemic? I think it's for everybody's probably a little bit different. For our teams, we are we've just been going. We've just been going and gratefully we have a lot of support from our administration here. Our administration cares about us and will do whatever they can to help us out with what they can. You know, they've done whatever they can to help us get extra staff and help from wherever we need help from, hear our side of the story, hear what we have to say. We have that support. Um, I think just recently we started having a somebody come out that staff could make appointments with to kind of talk to talk to her. And um, but we really haven't had the time. I mean, we just don't have time during the day to pull staff out and say, "Let's talk about things." Or even on their days off, that's the last thing they want to do is have to do something else. You know, to get up and go somewhere or talk to somebody on the phone about their feelings and what they're going through. So honestly, I think we have not coped with it and we probably won't until we can take a a break, until we can take a breather. And we haven't had that opportunity. So I know that I got to say, I got to tell you, our organization is really working hard on bringing people in that are going to be there to support us mentally, counseling, psychologically. We just aren't able to do that. We're grateful that that opportunity is here but the nurses just aren't able to take that opportunity quite yet. So we continue to see, and you continue to witness every day, the devastation that COVID-19 can have on an individual patient and their families. For people who are skeptical and no longer being as careful, what do you want them to know about the realities of this disease and this virus? I guess that question is what one of the questions I get a lot. You know, I've been able very fortunate to be able to have quite a bit of interviews with a different, you know, news station to be able to get this message out to the community. So I feel like it doesn't matter which way we say it or which way we relay it or the delivery of our message. If certain people in the community just don't believe it and don't want to hear it, they're not going to. So the reality of this virus is that it is deadly. And I always say those of you out there that have gotten COVID and have survived and recovered and you are back to a functioning human being, I am so grateful for that. I'm sure they are too. That is awesome. But for 
those that have recovered, there's also many more that didn't, and they weren't able to survive the disease and ever get back to a functioning human being. And the families that are left devastated by this is long lasting. You know, they are family members that didn't make it and and not necessarily just those that have the comorbidities. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of people in the community that say, I'm young, I'm healthy, we won't die from this disease. Well, people do. We have young, healthy adults that just die from this disease because we don't know what it did to their lungs, what made them different, that they couldn't fight it. In addition to our little 75-year-olds, you know, cute little grandma, grandpas that happen to get it from somebody that stopped by to visit them and they've been quarantined, staying quarantined the whole time and they have a visitor that spread the virus. So there's just so much to tell them and if they don't know, they just don't know. And I've even experienced people in our own hospital that never go into these COVID units that aren't working 12 hours a day with with the virus, with our doctors, with the nurses, they were even shocked to see the reality of it, that really patients die. And guess what? Those beds get filled immediately with another patient. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical group provider at ValleyWise Health by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. Regina, tell me what you are most proud of the work being done. So I'm going to probably focus on our organization and what we're doing here at ValleyWise Health. First of all, I'm just so proud, which does not surprise me at all, of how everybody here in our whole organization just came together to get things done. Whether they were literally a nurse that worked the 12-hour shift or a non-medical representative of our facility that jumped in and helped wherever they were needed. Um, It's like you just saw your neighbor down and you went and did what you had to do. So I'm just proud of what I really saw. I've been here a really long time. I mean, I've been working for this hospital for 17 years, and it did not surprise me at all how I seen everybody get together to work together to help each other out. But in addition to that, I'm just proud of what we've learned about COVID and the different treatments we've been able to um, use that work for some and still trying to figure out why they won't work for others. But the nonstop of let's figure this out, let's get this done, let's do what we got to do. There's nobody else to do it. So let's do what we got to do to to take care of people, to save lives, to get the message to the community. Even though we feel like sometimes it goes to deaf ears, we'll never stop asking and pleading for the public to continue to wear your mask and social distance. We certainly recognize all of the wonderful work done by the care teams at Valleywise Health. We know that one of the greatest advances we've seen in the pandemic in recent months is the arrival of a vaccine that will help us get through um, and protect our frontline workers and protect everyone as we're able to administer more in the community. How has the arrival of vaccine impacted the morale of our frontline teams uh, providing care at the bedside? 
So soon as we started hearing that there was a vaccine, I'm going to tell you the morale of a lot of the nurses and staff that are working with these COVID patients, it improved so much. Um, Even speaking to a lot of the nurses was like, what did you feel when you heard that these vaccines are coming to us? And one nurse just started crying and she was like, it was like a miracle. I was like, yes, there will be an end to this because, you know, when you're deep in it, you you don't see the end. You don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. And she was like, this is what we felt like this. This is great. It's fantastic. I don't even care what the naysayers say because the naysayers are going to have everything that, you know, they're going to pull out every stop to tell us how bad this is going to be. But it was excitement. It was relief. It was, this isn't going to last forever because this vaccine will help. Regina, thank you so much for your time this morning and the wonderful, exceptional care that you've provided to all of the patients in need, as well as the entire team at Valleywise Health for their service throughout this pandemic. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.